what I would say to you, what I would say to everyone, especially if you're under 30, but even if you're over 30, you cannot be afraid to lose. Shoot the shot, miss the shot. I don't care if you airball. I don't care if you get ripped. If you're, we're using basketball analogies, it doesn't matter. Shoot the fucking shot. You missing the shot is never going to be as bad as you not taking it. Like you, you can't dwell on that. Trust me. Like mm -hmm. it will work out. It'll come out okay. Welcome everyone to episode four of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Pony Boy Paul. And Paul and Pals is a podcast where I interview my creative pals to learn how they became who they are today to inspire you for tomorrow. On episode four, I have a creative conversation with my pal, Courtney Robinson. He is the producer of both the Passing Through podcast and the Layover podcast. He is also the host of his own podcast, Unfortunately Honest. Courtney drops a lot of gems in this one, so I hope you're ready to be motivated. He lets us know why we should always shoot our shot, why he lives his life like Eminem in 8 Mile, and he also answers one of 2020's most debated questions. Do black squares matter? But without any further ado, let's get creative. Let's get creative. Let's get creative. Drum rolling emojis, man. Hey, what up, Courtney? What's up, bro? How you living, bro? How you living? I'm good, bro. I'm here, good, man. man. I'm alive. Look You're living good, bro. You I'm, like, I'm, I'm liking the hair, bro. Yeah, I, ain't, I don't have no choice, man. I'm out here looking like a caveman, bro. Are you, are you living, bro? Live, yeah, live to your all, <laughs> all this, all this. It's all good. Your true self, bro. Uh, but, you know, to get it started, let's, um, you know, how you doing right now? How you doing, bro? I, I, I'm good. I think, like, a lot of people we're figuring it out day by day. And I think mm -hmm. it's important to uh, to listen to yourself. You're going to have good days. Probably you're going to have bad days. 99% of the time I'm okay. Some days, like the other day, I was kind of pissed off. But, you know, that's I think that's that's normal and understandable considering yeah. the conditions. Exactly. We can get into that a little bit more too. But, you know, yeah. uh, obviously the episode is really about you. I'm very interested in uh, getting to know you. So first, let's, let's start with, you know, how we met. And... Uh, I think very interesting thing that we talked about when we we're you know getting ready. I actually have only met you I think once or twice in person, which yeah. is crazy to think about because I feel like you know I really know you. But I actually met you through the Odoom family. Shout out um your wife Neka. Yeah, uh, I think she's in the chat. Uh, tell her how hi. She's over there. But you know it's, it's been great knowing you since then. Thank um, you. but yeah, how let me let me start with you. How like like just tell us about yourself. Uh, I mean, really, the long and short of it, man, is is I, I by by trade, I make my living as a technical consultant, which is just a fancy way of saying that I I build digital applications and products. I, I develop them. Uh, most recently, I've been working as a digital experience consultant. So basically, my skill set is at the crossroads of marketing and development, um, design and product design, and just figuring out how to build things that that people like doing. That's that's what I do. As a day job, that's what I do for my career. That's what I enjoy doing. Uh, outside of that, though, man, I, I just I'm, I'm making a lot of stuff. I'm making stuff for myself. I'm making stuff for my wife. I'm making stuff in partnership with with our projects, and okay, and also okay. you know, and also trying to uh, to to help people and teach people along the way, man. There's a yeah. lot of stuff. There's a lot of of especially in this day and age, digital skill sets that that people want to improve at and 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 kind of dive into. And I think more often than not, they think it's harder than what it actually is. And it's really just about getting started. And that's a good point, because uh, I've been sharing it a lot on my story. I know you've been doing the um, 
30 days of value challenge, which I think, which I think you created yourself. Yeah. We kind of just been posting everything, something of value, something to teach people. And yeah. what was, uh, I guess, what was the motivation behind that? Why did you just make that randomly? We consume too much, man. The, 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 you know, in a, in a 24 hour period, there's more content created hours than from the beginning of history till 2003, I believe. Right. Like yeah. that's how much content on a, in a on a daily basis is being made, and we're so used to to being on our phones and, and doing this every second of the day. And there's tons of, of good content. There's tons of good information being put out. But the, the challenge for me was I, I know I have a, a, a ton of knowledge just around digital skill sets specifically, and my thing is I don't I don't want to be egotistical. I don't want to be possessive of that. Right? Meaning. That if I know it, 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 it doesn't, I don't lose anything by giving it away. So 30 days of value is just my way of saying, yo, every day I want to make sure that I'm giving anyone that follows me, anyone that I know, whether we're friends, whether we're internet friends, whether we're strangers, I just want to give them at least one, you know, piece of information that I think might be helpful to them or at least someone they know. And just do that every single day and just be consistent about it. That's a good point. I think um, it's kind of easy to get into that point where you, you, you're good at something and you learn it and you want to be the only person, right? The, the best person to do it. So, you know, I'm obviously a big fan. I'm biased, right? So I really love what you're doing. And um, I'm excited to see how you're going to finish the rest of the days off. Uh, but to, that's, but to that's, gotta, I got to figure that out too, man. I don't know. <laughs> you're just making it as you go? Yeah, man. I, that I'm was sure. part of it too, of not, not being too strict about it. I'm not trying to plan it out. Whatever hits me that day is what I've been putting out. Got you. And uh, to kind of take a step back, because you kind of just jumped in into like, you are a digital experience consultant. Like, what's your history? Like, were you going to school for that? Have you always wanted to be what you're doing right now? Or what's your story on that? Absolutely not. I, I started school uh, with the intent to go to law school. I started as a political science major, actually as a political science, uh, African studies double major. Uh, switched to business, switched back to political science, ended up teaching myself how to code ended up getting a job and ended up leaving school and just going full-time in, into tech. And that was over 15 years ago. Okay. All right. We got to, we got to digest that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so law school. So tell me what, what was the, I'm going to just forget that and switch it up. I, I, I realized I don't have to, I, so ideally at the time I thought that I was going to go into civil rights law. And then I realized that I don't have the patience for, for politics. I don't have the patience for navigating certain things because I, I think that there's a lot of, of pleasantry, pageantry, and, and, and flowery language that kind of blocks just the truth of what we're all dealing with, right? And what we're all navigating. So for me, I, I, when, I, when I got deeper into that major and was navigating spaces where, okay, I'm around lawyers, I'm around people, you know, getting into to law and politics, I realized more and more I didn't like it. And the thing at that time that, that was bringing me joy was learning how to code and then and then building websites and designing flyers and designing websites for people. And I just started really just going full force at that. Mm. Got you. So then was all of that just kind of self-taught? It wasn't like, I'm going to switch majors, I'm going to do this, this. You kind of just said, I'm going to make this decision and just go learn it. It was, it was self-taught. I, I bought a bunch of books. I bought a Sam's Teach Yourself PHP HTML and CSS in 24 hours. If anyone has ever tried coding, you're, you're probably familiar with those books. I bought one of those books. I spent the summer of my, after my sophomore year, I, I, I also, I played basketball in college my first year. After that first year, I, I totally stopped playing basketball. I totally went into code. I, I spent an entire summer just in my room every day, just learning how to code. I, I, 
I'd go out, I'd play like a summer league basketball game. I'd come back yeah. to my house and I'd just learn how to code, bro. That's crazy, man. I mean, yeah, I think coding is one of those things I feel like I, when I think back on it, I always wish that, oh, I should have like done this, you know, minor in computer science or something. When really it's one of those skills that if you don't know how to code, you can easily learn it. So yeah. it's never an excuse to like not say you can't do it. So that's inspirational, bro. The, the hardest part about, about coding, bro, and I, I say this to everyone, I have, I have a, a brother of mine who uh, recently in the last year and a half got a, a job as an iOS developer and recently had a promotion. And the, the thing I used to tell him, the thing I'll tell anybody, the hardest thing about coding is just being consistent, man. It's, it's, it's not about math. It's not even about whether or not you perceive yourself to be a smart person. Can you be disciplined enough to stick to it every day or every other day and just over a reasonable period of time, you'll see yourself get better? <laughs> That's a good point. And then like kind of going back more into your story. So you learn how to code, right? Yeah. But how did you, what, how did you figure out to how to make that a profitable daily thing? Like what, what was your thinking behind learning how to code? I, I, that's the thing. I, I didn't for years. I didn't for a while. I was still going to school and I was, and more and more I was hating school and hating yeah. what I was majoring in. And I was broke as fuck, man. I was broke as fuck. For a while. <laughs> so it's, it wasn't one of those things like, yo, I'm going to do this and, and start making money. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was making flyers for people for cheap. I was making websites for people for cheap. That's really where I started to learn about business and contracts and, and workflow and organization. And I incorporated my first company and I still, I was, I, it wasn't probably until four years into, to coding that I started to hit real money. So the first four, four and a half, five years, I was broke as shit, man. And that's, that's <laughs> part of the journey, bro. Yeah. It's a long journey. What was, so what was that? Um, go into more detail about that first company that you incorporated. Uh, it was called GVE Media, and it was uh, the the GVE stood for this is trash. It was uh, giving vision to everything, right? The whole intent was to to help <laughs> at that time uh, small businesses uh, get online, uh, learn how to uh, market themselves and position themselves in search engine ranking, and then be able to just offer them you know reasonable digital services, design, web development, stuff like that. And so I, I incorporated that. That was probably. 2009-ish, 10-ish. I started coding around 2005, 2006, end of 2005. So like I said, about five years. And, um, you know, I was getting clients here and there, word of mouth. But another thing, I I, I was building the technical skill set, but I didn't have the, the client services skill set. You know, yeah. I didn't know how to onboard clients. I didn't know how to properly sell them. I didn't know how to maintain those relationships and, and, you know, keep a client on a roster over a period of months. So there's all these different learning curves that I always tell people about that, that it's, it's, if you're going to really be an entrepreneur, not a hustler, you have to build up your skill set in a couple different areas. And more importantly, you have to realize the stuff that you suck at. Yeah. You have to be willing to, to partner and work with people and, and bring people on board that can help you with the areas that you suck at. Gotcha. And then, um, so I'm starting to understand more and more. Obviously, I feel like from what you're starting to describe, you kind of were, got to a point where you were just like, I'm going to just go out and get it. Yeah. Right. So from that, how did this coding knowledge and this ability to, you know, be you want to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. How did that start to get more into the podcasting space? Like, can you kind of paint that picture? Yeah, that's that's a jump. I, I, so I, I, the podcast, podcasting space was really something that uh, I only got into two years ago. But just to be just to be clear, so I, I've I've worked for a ton of companies, 
uh, both full time and and just on some like consultant and, and contract based work. So yeah. I, over over really, to I started doing this in in 2005, right? It's now 2020, so it's been 15 years. Over that 15 years, I've, I've gotten to work with with agencies and 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 consultancies and some of the biggest tech companies in the world and yeah. startups, and have had to like kind of learn a broad way of skills. So. I've learned video, I've learned audio, I've learned development, I've learned design, all these different things. Learned by, by taking workshops, classes, and learned by doing. And so two years ago when I, when I was talking to my wife and I was figuring out, you know, I want to do a podcast and she wanted to do, to do a podcast, it was really just going through the same process, man. It's all the same thing. If, if yeah. all the information is available online, especially you know, in terms of like if you look at something like Adobe Suite, right? Adobe, all of its products are essentially the same, same shortcuts, same ways of doing things. So once you know one, you kind of know all of them. And so yeah. I just kind of looked into some general podcasting stuff. I bought some mics. I did some research around like what mics were the best. Now I now over the course of two years, I can tell you, you know, different frequencies that different mics operate in. Right. You become a master at your craft or a master at whatever the things you're interested in. And you just do the work, man. That's all it comes down to. So that was two years ago. I, I had been kind of ruminating on some stuff that I just wanted to put out in terms of just kind of documenting my my wife, Naka. She had made a great point to me about. You know, she does a, a, a way, an amazing job and a wonderful job of, of documenting, you know, her family and our family and our life and not for like likes and glory, but genuinely just to kind of like archive it so that when we look back 10 and 20 and 30 years from now, we can kind of reflect on what our journey has been. And so that kind of just started sitting with me more. And I, uh, I decided I was going to start, you know, recording my thoughts. And that's how, unfortunately, Honest came about where I'm just kind of, you know, in under five minutes, I'm just trying to get some of my thoughts out. It's a very cathartic and selfish thing for me. Like I don't, I'm not doing it for an audience. I'm not doing it for likes. I'm just doing it to get it out. And then from yeah. that, she she had applied to a program. She got denied. She's talked about this before. She got denied. And we were like, yo, fuck it. We're going to do it. We don't, we don't need, if you have the skill set in between the two of us, we, we, we literally have a skill set for a full spectrum agency. Yeah. We just put it out. We did it ourselves. We put it out and, and people really responded well to it. And it's been, an, that's, over the last few years, that's been amazing. That that was released in I think August of 2018. We did a live show in New York. We sold it out. It's been Dang. listened to in like in like over 100 countries. I think it's passed over 350,000 listens. So it's been amazing just to see how that's come about. Hey, keep flexing on them, bro. Keep flexing. I mean, yeah, man. You, you do the work. <laughs> you do the work, bro. You no, I mean work. you gotta let them know. That's why. I, that's why I bring you on here, bro. I think um, you know what you do is very inspirational. We're gonna obviously get into more and more, but. I think it's good that you have a clear reason why you're doing it. You're not just doing it to do it for the likes or whatever. You're doing it genuinely. So I think that's what a, is a good motivation as well. And, uh, you know, I really, I really wish I could have made y'all wedding. Unfortunately, I was working. Hey, man, you missed uh, a good time, bro. Hey, I know, bro. You <laughs> had thought, a good thought, time. There's, there's stories from that weekend. I know. I was, I was upset that you couldn't come, man. You would have had a great time. It's all good. And, uh, but yeah, so I think for the people that aren't familiar, you know, can you give a, a kind of breakdown about the project that you guys are working on, the two podcasts, I would say? Um, start with Passing Through. Yeah, Passing passing Through is, for anyone that hasn't listened to it, it's, 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 it's intended to be an audio experience, right? It's intended to, uh, so being in technology, looking at like voice applications, right? Like it's super nerdy and like learning how to, to build and develop apps for like Alexa, things like that. Where we're going to be in the next five to 10 years is, is, is I think out of the range of understanding of a lot of people, right? We're going to be able to interact with our devices, with our, 
with our, you know, refrigerator, with our stove, with an earpiece in our ear in a way that we, we just don't right now. And so passing through is really an attempt to, to be early in that in terms of providing audio experiences. It's not just a podcast where it's a bunch of talking heads just talking about pop culture. It's not a podcast where it's just someone ranting. It's, it's an attempt to be immersive in NACA storytelling. She's one of the best storytellers I know. I know anyone listening, you're going to think that I'm biased. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> she, she genuinely is one of the illest writers, illest, illest storytellers I know, aside from the fact yeah. that, um, that, that she's my wife. And passing through is just an extension of her writing and her storytelling and then some of my technical ability in adding sound effects and then us coming together and figuring out, you know, this world is being created. How do we, you know, help people be immersed in this experience? I think one of the best examples uh, of that um, is the episode about her mom, uh, where, where she's kind of giving a story from her mom's perspective, navigating uh, the, the genocide that happened in Cambodia. I think that episode is kind of like the top tier of what, what we're kind of capable of as a team in terms yeah. of podcast. Now, that was that was a favorite episode. Shout out, Auntie. Um, and I think <laughs> I don't know the whole, whole full dates, but can you kind of break down how you guys were kind of able to, you know, kind of build that that team, that following, and then have that translate into a live show? I think sold out seats in New York. I think it comes down to two things. One, she she had a following already. She and I, I think it's a good that's a good thing to 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 talk about too. Of uh, I I think. People look, people look at her and the following she has and they make a lot of wrong and inaccurate assumptions. Like a lot mm-hmm. of her following came from her just starting at a very pure place of she enjoyed photography and she wanted to get better. And I think that's something that is often lost where it's like she just was practicing her craft and over time getting better and increasing and realizing and figuring out how to tell stories, she grew a following. So when we launched the podcast, I, I think it's a combination of, of years of, of, of work on her part when she just was doing visual storytelling and photography and starting to work with brands. And then, and then honestly, just real shit. The podcast is good, man. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's high level. If it was not good, I don't think it would have gotten the response that it got. And so we try to be consistent about it. We, we try to be thoughtful about the stories and, and how we kind of blended our, our skill set together. And then we got an opportunity. We were doing some work with the brand, um, they, they were throwing some stuff out there. And we said, you know, screw it. Let's do it. Let's do a live show. We ended up doing a live show for, uh, for, over, for about 200 people at this place called Subculture in New York. And it sold out within like two weeks. So it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Making money moves, bro. And uh, so that, that's dope. I think I feel like that, not that you guys needed it, but that kind of validated you guys in that you could make it something more than a podcast, right? <laughs> So was that kind of the inspiration or motivation behind going towards the layover or how did that come to be about? I, I think that I'm going to give you a long answer, but you're used to it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that, that, that more now more than ever, right. People want to make things right. But there's still this weird thing of, you know, I have a day job or I went to school and I have this degree and this is what I'm supposed to do. But I still kind of want to make things, right? So it's easy to be dismissive about people that are, that are making things, right? Especially someone with my background in terms of experience and career and technical skill set, especially someone with Naked's background. The layover is, is two things. One, it's a continuation of, of our, our mutual desire to help people tell stories and help black people tell stories. 
and help black women tell stories. That's that's at the forefront of like if you've ever been to, have you ever been to a, a moth event? Moth is a live storytelling. No, it's, it's it's cool, and there's nothing wrong with it. But just the real talk of it, it's very white, right? It's it's telling stories to a community that doesn't relate culturally to the things that we might as as Black Americans. It doesn't relate culturally to the things that you might as a first generation Nigerian, right? It it doesn't relate to those things. Can the layover be that? And that's the attempt at that. The layover is not just some cute, you know, fanciful effort at launching a podcast. The layover is an attempt at launching an immediate a media platform that's going to tell the stories of black and brown people, men, women, that we're going to care about and be able to relate to. And if we put all of our effort and all of our skill set to that, can it be that? And I think that it can. Gotcha. And, you know, we were we were kind of talking in our own conversations about this, is that you also, um, even though you guys did it and it's very helpful, you guys also approached it with kind of a business mindset. And can you kind of explain what your thinking was behind that and how you guys are thinking of making it actually, you know, profitable per se? Yeah, stop stop thinking about putting things online as content. I get I get contacted quite a bit and it's it's not a bad thing per se, but people will hit me up and say, "Yo, I love your content" or or "Yo, I hope you grow your audience." We don't own these platforms. I don't I don't I I I respectfully I don't I don't care about my Instagram followers. Naked doesn't care about her Instagram followers in the sense of like stressing over numbers, right? We care about human connections. We care about being able to have real conversations. We care about being able to connect to people, right? And we care about building a product. And so if I'm putting on my, my consultant hat, when you're building a product, you want to collect data. You want to figure out how you're going to do a smart iteration through that product, right? The first version of that product is not going to be the 10th version. So in terms of addressing layover, we know we know there's there's a, 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 a key demographic that's not having its stories told, that's not uh, engaging with certain platforms and not being put at the forefront. Right. So if we're looking at the layover as a product in the sense of how do we provide the best experience possible to one, give people information two allow people to tell their stories, three, allow people to have genuine connections and hopefully expand where it's not just us controlling that. Right. It's it's people in cities all over the world that are able to say, hey, similar to a mall, we're having a meetup and we're allowing people to do X, Y and Z under the umbrella brand of, of the layover, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a product. It's not, it's not just a, a podcast. And even if it was just a podcast, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's about really going through the iterations of building a business and building a product. And that takes a, a lot of thoughtful consideration and a, and a high level of execution and a lot of fuck-ups. Like, you're going to mess up, man. That's, that's part of it. Can you take the data from that fuck-up and apply it and do better? Got you. That's a, that's a good... That's a good long answer. And uh, just kind of going off your last statement, what's been a problem you guys have ran into or what's been some hindrance that you guys have had to overcome in making that? <laughs> uh, I, the hardest thing with with the hardest thing with working for yourself and I to be to step back from that for a second. So I, I've been fully remote for almost for like almost the last seven years. Right. So the pandemic and all that stuff hasn't really changed my schedule. Right. I had to learn how to be very disciplined. And getting work done. So being remote, working from my home office, traveling to different client sites or, or different internal meetups and stuff like that. That's just been my normal life for now the last seven years, pretty much. Right. The hardest thing about working for yourself, I think, especially for first timers, is yo, you, you got to learn what your your schedule is. You got to learn what your workflow is and you got to be fucking disciplined. Yeah. If, if you think. If you think I, I see that you have your boy from um, from Morning Brew. 
I yeah. respect I respect the fuck out of Morning Brew. I uh, the, the founder did a uh, interview with Noah Kagan a while ago, and people will look at something like an email list, like building a two million person email list, as as something that's easy. It's not. It takes mm-hmm. discipline. Every shout single out, shout out, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's that. Can you be disciplined day in day out? I think that's that's the biggest hurdle and obstacle of holding yourself to a certain schedule, to a certain discipline, and to a certain consistency to execute. That's the, 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 the getting of the creation of content, the putting together a technical workflow. That's, that's what I've been doing for 15 years now. Yeah. It's, it's managing all that other stuff, managing real life stuff. Cause we still have obligations. We have other businesses. We own other properties. We're trying to do other things. Can we be disciplined in how we execute on this? Hey, flex on them real quick. <laughs> I mean, we're trying, man. We're trying to live. Yeah. That's I- it. No, I feel you, bro. And, you know, you kind of, you know, your answer was you've been doing it for seven years, so you're good at it, right? But let's go back to that first year. What was that? Like, what, what is some advice you can give for the people that are still adjusting to it that are going to be working home from home probably for the rest of the year? Yeah. Like, what was some hard parts and what did you learn from that? You know, you, you have to learn how to over-communicate. You got to treat... You got to treat working remotely and dealing with colleagues, as, and and it's hard right now, right? Because even even I felt it. Like I said, I'm I'm just I have a high level of at this point in my life, I have a high level of of emotional control, right? But so it's like I, most things don't bother me. Most things I don't take personal. I I can kind of self-regulate and check myself. But even the other day, I think it was I think it was Tuesday. I was I was I was not in a good mood Tuesday. Like the the black square thing, that's all another thing, right? <laughs> it's it's about can you manage yourself? Can you over communicate even remotely and even when you don't feel like it? I think if you're transitioning to remote work right now, there is no cubicle conversation, right? There is no there is no water cooler conversation. You can't you're not able to have those. So you have to realize, yo, touch touch base with with a colleague, touch base with a supervisor, with the boss, touch base with a VP, touch base with whoever just to have that moment of, of human interaction and then go do what you got to do. That's, that's the, that's the first thing of like find the points of human connection. The second thing is you gotta, you gotta find your schedule, bro. Like me, I'm, I'm usually up anywhere between four thirty to six thirty. That's the range in which I'm, 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 I'm up and I'm starting my day and doing whatever. Right. Yeah, some days later, some days later, but, but very rarely is it past 7am. It's usually uh, between four thirty to six thirty. I'm I'm up within that window. You right, wild, bro. I mean, but that's just naturally when I wake up now. So it's like, yo, maybe you work better in the afternoon. Maybe you work better in the evening. Maybe you work better in the morning. Whatever it is, you got to figure that out. Communicate that, and then try and stick to that. It's all about setting a schedule. And the and the last thing I'll say is, at least for me, don't don't work in your bedroom. I can't. Like I'm right now. I'm in my office. I I I I don't work downstairs in my living room. I don't work at my dining room table. I don't work in my room. I come into my office and I do work and, and separating the rest of my house from where I do work helps me, you know what I'm saying? Like stay yeah. focused. That's true. Dang, bro. You got me thinking my office is my bedroom. Cause I got my desk set up to my nah, bed. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, That's dope. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, the two main podcasts people may be familiar with you from. Uh, we also have another one that I just kind of was checking out probably in the last month. Uh, I think it's called Incredibly Honest. Unfortunately Honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you give us a little bit of detail on what that is? Unfortunately Honest is, is my, uh, my, my self-therapy, right? Like we all deal with shit. We all navigate the world. We all deal with friends and family and coworkers and life and 
social unrest and pandemics. And unfortunately, I started, like I said, about two years ago. I'm very inconsistent with it. And that's on purpose because I, I, I don't want to force it. I do it when I feel like doing it. Where I just I just write out my thoughts and I just put it out. Usually most of them are under seven minutes. All of them are under 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's just my way of, of getting out some of my thoughts. It's it, What's been cool about that, and that's, that's why I tell people too, like, yo, it's a different day and age. We're not living in our parents' day and age. We're not living in our grandparents' day and age. Put shit out. If you if you really have a desire to do it, do it. I've had people from Australia, from Kenya, from Zimbabwe, from Nigeria, from London, from all over the world contact me and just tell me, like, hey, man, something you said in this podcast and you're unfortunately on this podcast resonated with me. And that, I mean, that 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 is, it doesn't, it never boosts my ego, but it's still a cool moment to have with another person. Yeah. Now, that's dope, man. I mean, I listened to it uh, more specifically uh, the the last episode and, you know, regarding Nipsey Hussle and his, his passing, I think, yeah, you know, what you said in that, in that, in those seven moments or seven minutes really just, it hit me because I think it, it really said a lot of what hadn't been said publicly that made people might feel kind of, you know, uncomfortable if you were to say that in a conversation, but yeah. I think it's something that needed to be said. So, you know, if you guys, I'm going to drop a link to the, or a picture of that. So you guys can go check it out after this episode. But, um, uh, and one thing I forgot to mention, if you guys are, you know, familiar, I've, I've seen some questions coming in. If you guys want to ask Courtney, any questions? Yeah, man, uh, ask me some questions. Feel free to submit it right here. I think we got one right now. Hold up. First one, is there? I'm gonna, some- try, I'm gonna try and be more consistent too about unfortunately. I've, I've actually written like seven episodes and I just haven't put them out. Yeah, bring it back, bro. Bring yeah. it back. Um, yeah, is there something that you did to create your schedule or develop your ability to be disciplined? Uh, I wanted to make money and eat food. <laughs> no, but I, I think yo, you you gotta you gotta figure <laughs> out you gotta figure out the systems that work for you. For me, yeah. I, I put a lot of stuff. I, I schedule everything in my calendar. I use Trello to map out tasks and, 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 and goals and like kind of like mini development sprints. I, I, I go in and out of doing like to-do lists. I, you got to figure out the system that works for you. I'm, I'm like for me, right, I work a lot with technology. I, so I'm not very dogmatic about one technology because I've had to use so many and I've had to learn how to use so many. It's, it's that same idea. I can't tell you what will work for you. Maybe you're a person that needs to write everything in a to-do list and if you do it like you'll stick to it. I'm not that person. I can put it in my phone. I can put it on my schedule or I can just keep a mental note. And usually I'm pretty good about, about getting it done. What I will say is the thing that I've probably been most consistent about, especially just because I use it a lot in, in work, is using software like Trello or Jira because I do a lot. I work in agile development teams. So it's like those are softwares that help you manage tasks on a, on a biweekly basis. Gotcha. And for the followers, you were saying Trello, right? T-R-E-L-O. Yeah, T-R-E-L-L-O. And you can get a free account. And if you want like more extensions and add-ons, then I think it's uh, $20 or $25 a person or something like that. Right, right. That's good, man. Um, Trello, T-R-E, yep. Homeboy just yep, wrote yep. it. Hey, you nice. And uh, I forgot to... You kind of, I was going to think about it earlier, but, um, you know, you, you have a lot going on and you obviously have a ton of ideas, but like, if you had to summarize, I feel like what right now do you think is like a main aspiration slash goal that you're like, you're really trying to get to, or do you not even have that? I always have that. I, I have a vision for my life, man. I'm like, it's, you know, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm, I'm more focused. I'm 35, just to be clear. 
uh, whatever you want. I'm 35. I'm, I'm more focused and more driven and more ambitious right now at this point in my life than, than I've ever been. And a lot of that, I think, just comes from uh, knowing what's important to you. For me, family is important. For me, getting to a place where I can provide resource and help to people in a way that is impactful and life-changing, that's the ultimate goal. I don't care about money for the sake of money. I don't care about attention for the sake of attention. A lot of it, even why I, the book that I, I want to you know, give away, a lot of it is about yo, removing the ego, removing the bullshit, removing the fluff from all the shit that society tells us to care about. And like, yo, what are you about? If, if you ask me what I'm about, if you ask me what I cared about, what I want to live for, what I'm willing to die for, I can articulate that to you without hesitation. Serious, I love to have fun and do all that stuff. It's just, I just know what I stand for. So for me, the, the main goal, the main project that I'm working on, I, I'm not going to fully speak on because I'm still in the process of building it. But ultimately, it's, it's providing access, education, and resource to people to do the things that they, that they want to do. And the main thing that I'm personally working on in that space, I'm, I'm probably will be looking for, for funding for in the next year or so. Hey, man. Yeah, if I can invest, bro, if I can get in on that, bro. <laughs> hey, let me know. I got you. Uh, okay, somebody was asking this. You mentioned it earlier. So uh, what is the name of that book that you use to learn to code? Don't, don't get that book. Uh, that book is that book is that book is super old. That book is from like 2006. Don't get that book. Hey, he's 35, yo. If, if you want, yeah, I'm 35. If you want, uh, the person that asked me, whoever actually, whoever, just DM me, uh, DM me at, at this account, my Courtneyisms account, and I'll I'll give you a list of online resources, and I'll and I'll give people free eBooks. I have a bunch of free eBooks, coding eBooks too. I'll give away. I'll make it all available. Just DM me your name. Tell me you were in this chat, and I'll send it to you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna make that. I'm, I might need that too, bro. Uh, but I got you. We'll work on that. I, I have, I have like a thousand ebooks about coding. So if you're trying to get started, I, I'll just put them like in a Google Drive and I'll make them available. All right, y'all chill in the comments, yo. He hear that, oh. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm living though. <laughs> hey, you living? And uh, you know, that's one thing. It's a good thing that you do mention your age. You know, obviously you're 35. You know, I, and I would say majority of my audience is around my age. I'm 24. Um, you know, do you feel like, did it take you a while to get to this level of confidence of, Hey, I know what I'm about. I can articulate that. Or did you feel like you just recently got into that, into that mode? No. So a couple of things, I, I think because of who my mother is and I'm, I'm Tanya Sutton, I've always, I, I can tell you stuff from when I was 10 years old. I've always had a, a very strong sense of self, right? I think what, what took me a long time, I think what takes a lot of people a long time, I think what takes a lot of men a long time is learning how to get the fuck out of your, out of your own ego. So I've always been confident and not confident from an arrogant place because I realized even when I was young, I was always willing to do the work and learn how to do things. But, you know, I, I, I went to school, I joined a fraternity, I, I hit a stride where I was doing really well after I was doing really badly. It's easy to be egotistical about those things. At the end of the day, it's, it's very easy to lose. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you have gone through enough losses, when you've had enough life experience, and I think a lot of that does happen in your 20s, I hope that by the time you get to your 30s, you're able to be honest about yourself. Like, no one can tell me, and not from an arrogant place, I know how it sounds, right? It's easy to take what I'm about to say as a very arrogant and, and maybe pretentious thing. No one can tell, tell me about me. I'm going to be more honest about me than anyone can ever be, even my wife. Like, I'm going to hold myself to that degree of standard. I, I always say this thing to a lot of my mentees. I, I want to be Eminem and 8 Mile. 
right? I want to step on the stage if you've seen that movie at the end. Yes. And I want to put all my shit out there and know what all my shit is so that if I have to face it, there's no one else that can that can be like, well, you're not looking at this. No, I am looking at this. And I think getting to that place, getting to that ability, which is very hard to do, and yeah. that's even why, I, the, again, going back to the book that I want to recommend, I think that's the most valuable skill set. If you can see yourself clearly, if you can really step outside yourself and say, yo, these are things I'm good at. These are things I'm bad at. These are things that make me a good person. These are maybe the things that make me not such a good person. Maybe I actually do some 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 trash shit from time to time. Yeah, That is only going to hopefully overall make you a better person if you actually want to improve. Yeah. So for me, a lot of that was by the time I got to my, to my late 20s and I had had some wins, I had had some losses, and I was coming into a higher level of, of, of just lifestyle and capability and resource and maturity and development and actually being a grown ass man and, and trying to be accountable and real to that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually recognizing, okay, look, yo, I've, I've had this life. I've had these experiences. I've been able to live. I've lost. I've won. I've traveled, whatever. Okay. Now I'm ready because I realize that the only thing that will make me even stronger is a solid partner. Meeting naked at, at, at 31. It's like, mm-hmm. those are things you, you need to go through those experiences to get to that place, but you need to be honest with yourself in order to get to that place. Thanks, man. That's uh, that's a lot, but no, I, I take that. I think even for me, you know, I feel like even since, I feel like 2019 was the year where I really felt like I got to start doing all these things in my head, right? But even Love. hearing that from you, it's, it's, it's dope, bro. It's inspirational. Yeah. Yo, it, what I would say to you, what I would say to everyone on, on this, especially if you're under 30, but even if you're over 30, is you you cannot be afraid to lose. Shoot shoot the shot, miss the shot. I don't care if you airball. I don't care if you get ripped. If you're we're using basketball analogies, it doesn't matter. Shoot the fucking shot. The shot you missing the shot is never going to be as bad as you not taking it. Like you you can't dwell on that. Trust me. Like mm-hmm. it will work out. It'll come out okay. Like yeah. the the more you shoot and the more you miss, the more immune you become to even the effect of missing. I don't care at this point if I'm like, I know from now until I die. Yeah. Life is going to ebb and flow, but I've been through enough shit and I've learned how to maintain and, and quote unquote win from now until I die. I'll be okay. I'll fit. I know I'll be able to figure it out because I've, I've shot enough shots and I've lost enough to realize like, yo, losing is not the end. Yeah. Missing is not the end. Embarrassment is not the end. Failure is not the end. I'm breathing. I'm alive. If I'm healthy, man, I'm, I'm okay. It's there, man. I feel it too, bro. I feel it. Wow. We, got another, we got another question here real quick <clears throat> from the boy Josh. He says, which leaders are you inspired by right now? Are we, uh, uh so <laughs> this is easy. Funny. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really inspired by any leaders right now. So I, I look at a lot of his, so I'm, I'm a big, again, when I started school, my major was political science. My double major was political science and African studies. I'm a huge history uh, nerd. If I wasn't doing the stuff that I was doing and I, if I didn't enjoy tech, I, uh, people have asked me what I would do, I probably would be a history teacher. Uh, for me, a leader that inspires me is, is Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson is a, a 20th century figure. He was born in New Jersey. His father was born a slave. He's like the Renaissance man of Renaissance man. He was an activist. He was a singer. He was an orator. He was all these different things. He, he, he was accused of being a communist by the American government. And he stood up in, I believe, 1954, or might have been 1958, 
and uh, he he was brought in front of the housing committee housing committee on American affairs, right? And they were questioning him about his quote unquote un-American activities. He had been singing all around the world. He'd been talking all around the world. He'd been standing up for oppressed people all around the world, right? Tons of clips on him. Paul Robeson, if you look him up. And um, in front of this committee, this is a black man in the 1950s. He told that they asked him if he was a communist, and he said. I, you know, he basically said, I'm not going to answer your question, but if I were to be a communist, I have the right to be so by the uh, rights granted to me by your United States Constitution and by living in this free country. Right. Just having the audacity to speak truth to power, just having the, the ability to say, hey, this is where I stand. That that when I first learned about him, and I learned about him in high school. That always stuck out to me of of like, yo, we're, we're going to live. We're going to be born. We're going to die in between that. We're going to live and we have a short time to figure out how we want to live. And I've always wanted to live in that way. I'm not going to live and be afraid. I'm not going to live and, and be unwilling to speak my truth. You know what I mean? That's why a lot of leaders and politicians right now don't inspire me because they're, they're, they're playing the political game. They're afraid to speak a certain truth to power and they don't realize that the political game has shifted. Right. Yeah. Donald Trump shows that. And it doesn't matter what your pol- political leanings are. Donald Trump shows you that you can speak a certain way and be abrasive and be direct and be real. And we're in a day and age where people will respond to that. And yet so many politicians still want to pander and still want to have niceties and pleasantries that don't serve them well. So for me, I, I go, I look at people like Paul Robeson. I look at people like Malcolm X. Uh, I look at people like Maya Angelou. I look at people like, I, I don't know, I can give you a, a list, but people that are willing to just say what it is, man, because we don't, we don't have time to bullshit sometimes about what the truth of the matter is. Yeah. No, man, that's a, that's a good answer. Um, and I just want to give you a heads up. We're nearing about, you know, five minutes left before I got to let you go. Yeah. And uh, normally towards the end, I mean, you kind of, you know, drop a lot of little cool tidbits. I like to have you, now that you have this platform, you have this audience, you know, what are some thoughts you want to get off your head? What are some words of advice? Just like, you know, what's, what's on your mind right now that you think you would like to share with everybody? <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing because you know, you're, just, you're just throwing the oop. I know. Oh, uh, shit, Paul. Hey, Two man. things, man. Uh, I think, I think it's, 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 it's something that is, is so important to me of, of don't live a life afraid of living, right? Like there's just, you know, the people that know me, I, I have a really close friend that has been battling uh, terminal cancer for a number of years now. And, and through him, you know, I, I already thought a lot of these things, but through him and, and, and when I say close, like he's my brother, I've been with him through pretty much every step of the way. Through him, my, my perspective has, has become that much more, you know, intense about, yo, we, this is, this, this, Regardless of what you believe, this is the time that we have now. And so many people will express to me, like especially, again, through, through the podcast, will express to me about their desires and wishes to do that, to do this, to do whatever. Do it. Do it. More often than not, you're not hurting anybody. You know, people might say, I, I want to go live on a, on a you know, uh, 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 a beautiful island. Why, why can you not? And I understand that there's, there's factors and variables at play, but so often... I think that people discuss the things they want to do, whether it's learning to code, whether it's starting a business, whether it's whatever, that the reality is you could do it. You just have to be willing to actually dedicate your time to actually fucking doing it. That's just the reality of it. So that's one. 
And then two, I, I'll go with recent things. And it's not it's not a, a criticism of anyone. I think don't don't be performative in in your activism or your contribution to the point that I just made about Paul Robeson. The reason why I read his book, Here I Stand, when I was like 13 years old and it shifted my perspective. Here I Stand by Paul Robeson. Right. And the whole title of his book was about this is where my feet are. This is the line in the sand that I draw. These are the things that I believe in. These are the things that I'm willing to die for. Right now, we have more activism and social unrest than what we probably had in the last 50 years. And I'm sorry if this hurts anyone's feeling, but posting a black square is not enough. You need to call. <laughs> you need to call. You need to email. You need to write a letter. You need to donate. You need to spread information. You need to read a book. You need to do something beyond just posting a black square. And it's not about it being wrong. It's about just understanding that the level of effort that it takes to create change goes beyond just social media activism. Yeah. Those are the two things that I would say. Hey man, not know, a matter of right and wrong. It's a matter of understanding the depth and the, the, the width of the impact that you're trying to make. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, just to put my little two cents on that, I think it's, uh, it's, it's just very much needed. You know, I've actually had some people obviously, you know, ask me how I'm doing, you know, what they can do. And, you know, I didn't have like an exact answer, but I think what I always kind of told him was that that first step is the fact that you wanted to reach out to me tells me that you want to do something. You right. Know what I'm so I can't tell you what to do, but I know that asking me how I'm doing is only the first step. Right. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think you've offended anybody. I think everybody was kind of just, they were, we're, we're part of, we're very just comfortable in what everybody is doing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to hit on anybody that posts a black square, but I do feel like everybody wants to take that next step and we just got to find it, figure it out and do it. So, you know, I appreciate you um, leaving us with those with those two words. I appreciate and, you, man. No, for real, for real. I really, really appreciate you. So I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to thank you once again for uh, joining me. No uh, I don't even know if we gave you enough time, man. <laughs> it's all good. Again, anyone who wants books on programming or whatever like that, just DM me and I'll send you a link. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get something together to uh, post. And then definitely right. just, you know, he's a very open person. He might take a while to get back to you in the DMs, but, you know, he'll, he'll reply. <laughs> I will. I do always reply. Hey, he always reply. He might leave you on red for a couple of days, but he'll reply. He'll reply. <laughs> um, but, no, once again, I do want to thank you, bro. I think, um, you. you know, your willingness to be a part of this so early on. I'm just starting this out, but I, I definitely believe in it. It's, it's very beneficial. I hope you guys were able to learn something today. Uh, but I'm going to let you go. Um, once again, you, he will be giving out a, a free book to a lucky viewer this episode. Word. Hope you guys are paying attention. I'm going to make up some questions from this. And uh, that's all I got, man. I appreciate you. Let me wrap it up with the rest of the audience. That's, I appreciate it. You do your all thing, right, man. Bro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. If you enjoyed this creative conversation, I would appreciate if you did at least one of the following three things. One, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And feel free to leave me a rating and a review, too, if you have the time. Two, follow at Paul and Pals on your social media of choice, but ideally Instagram, so you can tune in live every other Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern to participate in the conversation and potentially win a raffle prize. Three, share the word. People tend to take the referral of a friend or family member seriously, so if you know of a friend or a family member that would also enjoy these creative conversations, send them a link to an episode. Lastly, if you're interested in coming on the show to share your story, 
please feel free to reach out to me via social media or send me an email at paul, that's P-O-L, at paulandpals.live. And who knows, you might just be the next pal that I interview. But without any further ado, remember to stay creative. Stay creative. Stay creative.